Hello, everyone, and welcome to APQC's podcast. I'm Lauren Trees, Principal Research Lead for Knowledge Management at APQC, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Holly Lyko-Gland, who is the Principal Research Lead for Process and Performance Management. And today, we thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about productivity. The past few years have seen major disruptions in the world of work, and one result is this growing gap between how managers and employees think about productivity. And this became really clear to me just in the last few weeks when Microsoft's most recent study on hybrid work came out. And their research shows this huge disparity where 87% of employees report that they're productive at work and all of the productivity signals that Microsoft looks at across its 365 environment suggest that that's true. But despite that, you have 85% of leaders saying that it's hard to know whether their employees are being productive in a hybrid work environment. So this notion that employees are goofing off or taking liberties when they're outside the office doesn't really seem to be substantiated by the data, but it's becoming pervasive nonetheless. And I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Employers and managers are deeply concerned about change that they're used to seeing and managing people in person and they're having to shift some of that in the hybrid environment. They don't maybe have quite as much leverage in the current labor market and they're hearing all of these anecdotes and media narratives about quiet quitting and employees who are working two full time remote jobs at once and it's just creating a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of hand wricking and also just a massive rise in results of productivity surveillance software. A lot of organizations are installing software to monitor keystrokes, to look at how long somebody has been idle, i.e. not typing, or even in the most draconian ways to take photographs of their employees and their work at various intervals. But even beyond this intentional monitoring, which is common but not everywhere, a lot of digital workplace tools do capture and display some information about users, like whether you're available or away in Microsoft Teams that performs some of the same monitoring functions and seems to have some of parallel psychological effects. So I know that surveillance software is kind of a hot topic. Everybody has their opinion. I do want to say there are pros and cons to this kind of monitoring for people who feel like brown nosers and people who play politics inside organizations tend to get better performance reviews. There are some people who really like it as an objective source of data about who's actually working and getting things done. And there are some people who like seeing the data about themselves, sort of like a Fitbit that helps them hone healthy habits when it comes to their productivity and figure out what makes them more or less productive throughout the day. But the majority of employees, I think, feel uncomfortable with the surveillance, especially when it's not transparent, when their bosses don't clearly outline the scope and purpose of what's being collected. And there's some research that suggests that it may even backfire in terms of making employees more likely to break rules and cut corners. And really, you only have to Google mouse jigglers to see how some employees are gaming the system. 
And Holly and I thought this would be a really good opportunity to revisit some of the productivity research that we did last year, where we surveyed nearly a thousand knowledge workers about what they think of productivity, what makes them more and less productive, because we feel like that research has some real insights to show how misguided and, and even counterproductive some of the productivity paranoia that we're seeing right now can be in terms of driving meaningful work results. I think that's a great point. A lot of the research covers some aspects about how there's this misalignment and some of the other ways that people are doing and want to be measured on productivity. Based on the research, we also saw that there's three main misconceptions that are driving this current paranoia about productivity. And the first is this idea that keystrokes equal productivity. Now, even if you want to monitor in place, surveillance software isn't really going to tell you what you think it is. So you take tools like activity trackers, and mostly what they tell you is whether people are consistently clicking their keyboard or doing something that kind of shows that they are active. And things like email analytics give you reports on things like collaboration time. How many hours per week are you in meetings, whether they're ad hoc or, or standing meetings? What are the number of people you've emailed, chatted, or been in those meetings with? But what does all of this actually tell you about your productivity? And also there's a big question is, is higher or lower volume on these things better? Now, what we found in the research is that most employees actually have a pretty holistic view of productivity. And this includes this idea of doing their assigned work efficiently, but also doing it effectively and innovating ways to find better ways to do the work. People are not just driven by looking through their throughputs, but also looking at the quality of the work they do to drive satisfaction for their end users. And this is even more true when we look at hybrid and virtual workers than the ones that are in person. So measuring things like clicks, you tend to penalize the effort it takes to get things right, to work out a better approach, along with a really wide range of necessary offline tasks or more substantive things that are not part of the immediate job. So one other big thing that it is, is it also takes the time away from or doesn't measure making sure that we're thinking about what we're doing or the time to process information, which applying knowledge and skills is really a big hallmark of knowledge workers. Now, Lauren, you and I've talked about this many times about, you know, what are some of these productivity measures not measuring and what are, what are they kind of missing out on? Yeah, we see job postings everywhere that say you want people to be strategic thinkers and creative problem solvers, and then you come in and you're going to measure them on how frequently they type on their keyboard. I feel like there's so many elements of work that get discounted here, whether it's mentoring or coaching, which we see linked to better overall productivity at the team and, and organization level, you know, or in the case of, of knowledge workers actually learning things, that's important for a lot of jobs. There's so much work, human interaction that, that doesn't get captured here. A lot of, like you said, those soft skills and all those things that you see at the top line, as far as that goes. And really then if we see that most organizations are measuring these keystrokes, they actually have a lot of other measures of individual performance that they can use. Like some of the other ones that came up in the research was the quality of the work, the cycle time of the work, even if you want to think through an efficiency cycle. But what we found in the research was that 45% of employees said that they're actually their productivity measures aren't really measuring their true productivity. Um, and it really feels like this focus on clicks and that those volumetric measures are really continuing to push that, that alignment in the wrong direction. 
Yeah, it feels like we're devolving in some ways. I think a lot of organizations, whether they've been 100% successful, have put good portfolios of measures in place. And those measures don't change when people go home and work you know, remotely. But somehow there is this desire to make sure that they're sitting at their desk for eight hours clicking on things. So I think you're absolutely right. Keystrokes do not equal productivity. The second false assumption that I see some organizations working with is that employees are inherently wanting to get away with something. Broad scale monitoring can really create an adversarial vibe between managers and employees. And I think that can actually undermine employees' natural motivations, which tend to be more aligned with the organization and the manager than they may realize. I mean, what we found in the research is that most employees want to be productive, not just to earn money or to earn a promotion, but because they find being productive intrinsically satisfying. They want to do a good job of the work that they're doing. They want to feel that sense of accomplishment and they want to have work-life balance. And the other kind of drivers that we saw weren't just about the individual. The other ones that really came up high um, as intrinsic reasons why people wanted to be productivity was more communal in nature. They also noted that they really wanted to help take extra time to make sure that their team members met their goals, as well as helping the organization itself meet its goals. So going back to that, I think there's a lot more alignment between what is going on in people and why they want to do a good job than most people realize. Well, the interesting thing is some people think that hybrid and remote work makes people less interested in team or organization goals, but that's actually the opposite of what we saw in the research, where when people worked part-time or full-time remote, they actually had more of a connection to those broader mission, vision, and, and objectives. But I feel like the flip side of this personal desire to do work well is that employees want some autonomy to figure out the way that they should work that makes them as individuals and as teams efficient and effective. So we see these situations where monitoring is getting in the way of that. For example, if you're penalizing people for having an offline conversation, if you're penalizing them for saying, hey, I got to go look out the window for five minutes and that's going to refresh me and allow me to be productive for the next three hours. And that can really drive disengagement or encourage people to, instead of tackling the really hard work that they need to do or being innovative, saying, I'm just going to go fill out the spreadsheet. I'm just going to go do this busy work that isn't as important, but it's going to get me my click quota for the day. And it's really frustrating to kind of watch that play out. Well, contrast what we found in the research was also that employees who were empowered by their organizations in a space of productivity and improvement really had better outcomes, giving people the ability to identify new ideas on how to be more productive and be a part of that was, I think, in the analysis, the thing that correlated the strongest with the reduction in wasted hours across a spectrum of different things we asked them about, as well as, you know, some of the other kind of things like things that we're going to slow down their teams as well. And all of this kind of makes sense because employees are the ones that are closest to the work. They understand substantively what it's going to take to make them more efficient or more effective. Also, what we found based on the data is that empowered employees are less likely to spend time on busy work provide duplicative information or have to recreate processes and pull knowledge out of somebody else's head. So really that shows that, you know, an empowered employee is probably the best asset 
as far as looking at productivity. And there's a couple of things that we've seen, kind of three steps as far as like smart ways to think about empowering your employees. And the first part was make sure that you can gradually shift your organization to a continuous improvement culture. That means training people. That means making sure they have the authority and skill set to think logically in the flow of work to identify those opportunities clearly. To do that, they also have to have the time and those tangible opportunities to do so. They have to have a little bit of that think time or that stirring out the window time to think about how to do things smarter and better um, built into what they do so that they can do those things. I think the third one is one that a lot of people also overlook, and it's you also have to make this something fun, hands-on and rewarding. So you have to engage people in the empowerment aspect of it. And there's a lot of great ways that we've seen people make it fun, you know, gamification, making them part of improvement teams, giving, you know, competitions and rewards and all of that can help them really drive one of these things that really makes a difference. I think you're so right, Holly, that empowered employees are more productive, especially in that big picture, holistic view of productivity. I think you can absolutely say the same about engaged employees. And the final misconception that I see driving some of this conversation is that productivity and employee experience are somehow opposing zero-sum forces that are in conflict with one another. Some of the current commentary really reduces productivity to the number of minutes someone works and, and that any attempt to provide a positive employee experience through autonomy, flexibility, hybrid work is somehow at odds with the productivity ideal. And I think we know the real picture is a lot more nuanced. Productivity tends to depend on whether employees are satisfied, whether they feel valued and supported, and all of the tools and processes that are available to get things done. So a positive employee experience is likely to make someone more productive and for them to stay with your organization being that contributor. And surveillance can really erode trust between employees and their managers, you know, where employees give as good as they get. And that can decrease engagement over time. And it can also create unnecessary competition between teammates if you're being compared on your productivity stats in ways that can hurt innovation and, and collaboration. So I think rather than monitoring time on task, the knowledge workers that we surveyed as part of the research really wanted managers to tackle some of the systemic problems that hurt their productivity, whether that's unnecessary meetings, broken processes that need workarounds, dysfunctional search tools. Obviously, there's always in every organization going to be a bad actor looking to take advantage of the system, but that's not the majority of knowledge workers. And managers would really be better off to work with employees to actually understand what makes them more and less productive, to listen to that social feedback, and then to opt for a comprehensive portfolio of measures that reflect that true vision of productivity. I think if this is something that could easily be gamed by a mouse jiggler or by sitting and listening to a podcast and clicking your mouse every two seconds, then as an organization, you've got to have some self-reflection about what you're measuring. And I hope that that is where this conversation is going. People can kind of get over this moment of anxiety and realize that in a lot of organizations, we need to take a step back and look at how we really measure organizational 
team and individual productivity in ways that make sense for the organization, make sense for individual employees and drive the kind of business outcomes that we really want to see. So thank you all for listening to this APQC podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to APQC podcasts and visit apqc.org to learn more. Have a great rest of your day.